This is where Atlanta soul. At this particular point in time, hip hop rules. Meets the Nashville sound. And hits everywhere in between. Ellen Fitz talking music. L. Talking. And Fitz. We are back with the most creatively named podcast in all of the land. L. And Fitz talking music. (laughs) History remembers when great teams are reunited. Yes. Back by nobody's demand but our own. Yes. Oh, God. It feels so good to be. I am sitting next to the one, the only, the amazing L. Duncan. We are together in studio as you are now. Uh, with child, uh, yeah, and, yeah. uh, you, but you are back with ESPN, and that means we get to do Ellen Fitz talking music together. And L, I just have to start by saying, you look amazing, you are beautiful, and you Aww. make a spectacular mother according to social media, and that's <laughs> right. all that matters, right? According to Instagram, because that's all that counts. If you do it for the gram, according to the gram, I'm incredible. Your, uh, your nugget is adorable. Thank absolutely. You. Which shouldn't surprise anybody because, uh, you and your husband are adorable both. So thank you. She does look a lot like him, um, but she definitely farts as much as me. So it's great. Well, that is. She is a farty little girl. That is going to be awkward someday, <laughs> you know. And, and I just, I don't even know what to say. Especially because I keep getting videos of her, like where she'll just be like cute laying there, and then she'll just slowly lift her leg and let one out, and then lay it back down. I'm like, I can't wait to show this to your future husband. Oh my god, that is class though. Like it I, is. I, I enjoy a good leg lift. Yeah. Uh, speaking of farty human beings, too. Before we get too far into the show, happy birthday to my. Michael Jr., uh, a close friend of both of ours. Well, you know, if I can't make fun of his hair in this show, (laughs) I should at least make fun of his gashousness. So happy birthday to the the guy that actually looks my age. Yes. Go Joe. He looks my age. Oh, terrible. Uh, Thank you. Uh, So it's Ellen Fitz talking music. El Duncan, Jason Fitz. And we haven't been together for a while. We have a lot to get to. uh, A a record drop today that we're going to talk about. A record drop. I feel so old. A record drop today. But before we get there, uh, and and that's going to be a big part of the show. Before we get there, we need to to spew some truths on halftime. Um, and and we had a little Twitter beef, like did. a little well, I mean, back, and, back and forth. Okay, so so quick background. Um, when I toured with the band Perry, we did a lot with the NFL, mm-hmm. and so we did a lot with, for example, um, when the Super Bowl was in New York, we did the pregame uh, broadcast on it. So uh, I've I've been a part of the NFL process enough to have some great conversations with the NFL about their process. What they go through, random fun fact, uh, in the NFL now, like when I went to play that pregame show, I had to sign a contract with the NFL that should, said that I was responsible should I, you know, have a nipple slip or any of those like famous things, you know, you have to sign contracts, show them what you're going to wear in advance. It's very, it's very, uh, it's very locked down. But one of the things that people get into an uproar about is the halftime show. And what's funny to me, Honestly, is that that's every single fan base gets into this uproar every year. They just don't know it because the next year it's a different fan base in the uproar. So San Francisco, that Super Bowl was a massive uproar for fans there that were like, how could they not have Metallica play the halftime show? Well, we find out now Maroon 5 is playing the halftime show this year. And it again, I will say this loud is a lost opportunity for the NFL to showcase the music of the particular city because Atlanta is not represented at all. Correct. It's not represented at all. And like, I, I hear your argument. In terms of this is not my argument. My argument is not you needed to go with someone that was from there. okay? because, yes, you could bring up that Metallica is from San Francisco and this person is from here. And that that's not my issue. San Francisco is not a music hub. Right. Like they've got people who are from there. They are not a music hub. The biggest genre of music, and we have discussed this ad nauseum here, is hip hop to this point. It is. It's the biggest. It's the most popular genre of music that there is right now. Atlanta is the hip hop Mecca at this point. It is. 
sorry, New York, it's not you. Sorry, Cali, it isn't you. That's not to say that there aren't great artists from there. It's just that when you think of hip hop right now, it is Atlanta. That's where all this music is coming from. I'm not stupid enough to think that they were going to ask Migos to do the halftime show. But there are big name acts that are synonymous with hip hop and that are synonymous with Atlanta that were mainstream enough and palatable enough to the masses that you could have involved and you could have had something that was catered to. You can't tell me that if they had a Super Bowl in Nashville, there wouldn't be some kind of country music representation. I, I honestly think there wouldn't be. and I'll I, go, I think there would be. I'll go back to two, well, three really specific examples. One, Detroit is synonymous I'll with Motown. I'll give you that. Uh, but, huge... let me, but let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, though. What Motown act were they going to get that is currently on top of the charts right now? And that's that's a difficult piece of it, but they're not. Re- I love Motown music. It is not relevant. It is a part of our history, but it is not relevant right now. You well, weren't going to go dust off Aretha Franklin. You weren't going to do that. You weren't going to go get Stevie Wonder because they are not relevant right now. Hip hop is relevant to that end. When it was in Detroit, then they could have gone, frankly, with Eminem and Kid Rock and done something that still feels relevant now that are synonymous with Detroit. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Real- wait. Did you just say that Kid Rock and Eminem were relevant? I mean, Eminem's okay, still relevant. The podcast rele- is over. I mean, they're still relevant Curry- to people. They're still relevant. Okay, Kid Rock. Oh, God. But okay. even, even the bigger example to me. Oh, Except, thank you, Kawhi. Thank you. Thank well you. done, Kawhi. Uh, the, uh, the bigger example, and look, I yelled and screamed about this at the time, too, was Houston. I mean, because when the Super Bowl was in Houston, country music was at that time and still is at that time one of the most successful genres. No representation of country music, but in you don't. Houston. But when you think country music as a genre, you don't think the hub is Houston. I don't. You maybe do because you're in the country music arena. I think a lot but of people think, think te- you don't think of Texas, though. I mean, I mean, you think of Texas two stepping, and, and you think like country, I mean, it's country. But if you think country music, right? Like you think Nashville. I, I I I don't know. I think in Texas they would disagree with that. In Texas they would tell you that. I'm talking about in the other 49 states, if you said name a city that is synonymous with country music or a state, they would say Nashville, Tennessee. I don't think your average person would go, you know what, Houston. Houston, in fact, is more synonymous with Beyonce than it is anything else, well, in my opinion. Okay, but then, you know, you look at other cities, maybe New York's not synonymous with one type, but having Bruno Mars, an L.A. kid, play in New York instead of, in fact, a, a Super Bowl that's technically in Jersey, they didn't have Springsteen or Bon Jovi, and those are two people. Those are two acts that, again, synonymous with New Jersey. And Bamani Jones really a mic drop moment. That's what Bamani does. Bamani just does. sneaks into the room and he's like, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to drop the mic." And that's what he does. Is he chimed into our, our Twitter argument with a great point I hadn't thought of? New Orleans. I mean, okay. but name someone who is relevant right now and still mainstream enough from New Orleans that could carry a New Orleans halftime show. Okay, name one. That, and I'm not talking about going back to their roots. Listen, I'm not saying that they need to go back and play Otis Redding at the Atlanta Super Bowl. Right? Okay. He's from Georgia, or I'm not saying that. Or Ray Charles. That's not what I'm saying. There's no one that is synonymous with New Orleans right now that is currently relevant enough to feature in a halftime show. So a couple of things that they they are concerned with with the halftime show, from my experience in talking to the NFL, number one is they want to get an, an act that uh, approaches essentially that attracts moms and daughters. They want both in one act. So they want somebody that they can have at least enough of a pull to get multiple generations. That's why somebody like Justin Timberlake, you know, if you're on adult contemporary stations and on pop stations all at once – that makes it very easy for you to come in. So they want that. They also want non-football fans. Like they want, they want an act that will appeal to, 
you know, sunny as much as it will appeal to me. So they don't want somebody, if you're already a football fan, you're out. They don't care about your opinion in the halftime show. So that's another piece of what they want because they're trying to draw in an external act. And then the third piece, and this is a very complicated piece, is you can't be curating affiliated with any other brand of drink. And I know that sounds weird, but the Super Bowl show is presented by Pepsi. So sure. the reason that Taylor Swift has never been the, the Super Bowl act, because certainly I would think they would want her, is because she did Coke ads. So if you did Coke ads in recent enough memory that they go out and survey and people think, oh, I, I think of you with Coke, you're out. So it's a very calculated method. I ask you what hip hop act is going to appeal to essentially a 45-year-old soccer mom and her daughter at the same time what? right now. But how, at, but Maroon Five does that. But how does Coldplay appeal to a forty-five-year-old soccer mom and little girls? They don't. Coldplay, Coldplay did it, and but he was smart. He brought out Bruno Mars and Beyonce. Nobody even remembers that Coldplay actually performs at that halftime show because he understood that the masses were craving something different. They didn't want Cold. I love Coldplay. They weren't a halftime Cold, act. But Coldplay's still heavily downloaded. You can't by, tell by multiple me. Generations. You can't tell me that forty-five. And listen, I'm thirty-five years old, so I'm ten years removed from the forty-five-year-old age range that you said. You can't tell me that soccer moms or whoever don't know ludicrous or outcast or any of these people that you could have hodgepodge together to feature what would have been a really cool opportunity to highlight all of the contributions that Atlanta has made and continues to make in music. But Sugarland, super- you could have you could you could have done some cool thing where you threw Sugarland into the mix. I mean, they're synonymous. You could have brought the damn B52s out. I don't know. They're from Athens. <laughs> REM, whatever. But but the, but realistically, the Super Bowl is never about the host city. This is why I'm stunned that cities still bid for it. Cities lose money when they host the Super Bowl. The NFL basically comes in and they they take over whatever hotels they want at whatever cost they want. The cities bleed through the Super Bowl process. And they're not featured. We don't look back at particular. We're not thinking about the Patriots, Giants, and David Tyree's catch on the helmet and thinking that was the Super Bowl in such and such city because the host city is really nothing other than a few minutes before the game. They just, they, they never want to make the city bigger than the Super Bowl. So why, why, if you're the NFL, why do you care? What you care about is the fact that Adam Levine is on The Voice, still one of the biggest shows in America, with a band that's got 20 years worth of hits. At this point, that that will appeal to a soccer mom in Nebraska that might not wear, watch the football game, which is basically a general way of saying a white soccer mom in the middle of all of this. When in fact, I I, I would guess that you're if you look at the counter, the cross market between hip hop and the NFL, hip hop and football, hip hop and the Super Bowl, there's way more crossover than there is from you know random soccer mom that that's sitting in the middle of the country that's not going to watch it. That's otherwise. all well and good, but at the same time, Fitz, and you know this because we're involved in a medium where it's all about trying to attract the young viewer and get the young viewer and nothing is fresher and younger than hip hop. I'm sorry. Like we can, we can die on this. Well, we want 45 year old soccer mom Hill to watch, but that's not where you sell your advertising and your ratings. They're not going to look back at the Super Bowl when they're trying to figure out if, if their, their advertising approach was successful and say, did those 45 year old ladies watch? They're going to look at the 18 to 34 market, the 12 plus market and hip hop is bigger with them than any other genre. And I get it, but you're telling me that if he was still alive, that a Super Bowl in Minnesota probably if he wanted to do it, probably wouldn't have featured Prince. Of course it would have. And he's synonymous with the city. I'm just saying there are specific circumstances. I don't think that every single year, just because you have a host city, you try to do a bunch of acts that are surrounding that host city. I'm not saying that. That is not what I'm saying at, at any level, right? Like, I'm not going to try to find, I'm not going to Georgia, Florida line if the Super Bowl Florida, one year Florida, is. Like, Florida, Georgia. Exactly. Yeah. 
telling you my dearth knowledge of country music, but you're not going to like, that's not what I'm saying. You're not going to have a Super Bowl in St. Louis and I'm saying, go get Nelly. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying you could have put together a hell of a show that would have been relevant as hell with this particular city where hip hop means so much. Music in general means so much to Georgia. And that's, and I'll leave it there. No, and I understand where you're coming from. I mean, I I think, again, I think this is a lost opportunity and I have to stress that. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. But you're the, being devil's advocate. The, I get it. The hardest part about it is that the NFL never has considered it. And I don't think the NFL ever will consider it because they just think they're bigger than whatever the product is going to be at the end of the day. Whatever the pieces of the product are, they think, you know, they, they think they're bigger than that. And this comes back to sort of a, a conversation of who they market to, because I'll go to the NBA's recent uh, discussion. And uh, I mentioned this on Spain and Fitz, which, by the way, you can hear Monday through Friday on ESPN radio uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Spain and Fitz. I mentioned recently the NBA's new television package where you can, for $2, go in and buy the fourth quarter of yeah, any game. Brilliant. And, and this is a, a perfect example of how the NBA is sitting here saying, how can we appeal to limited attention span to super fans that just want to spend a couple of bucks and make sure they don't want to miss any action? The, the NBA is doing that. The NFL continues to be the only league that doesn't give you any options in how you want to purchase your TV program, which is a, a, just a small example of how they are limited in their thought process. And they think, you know what? We're bigger than everybody. We'll do fine without anybody's help. And we don't need to bend to anybody. It, it feels almost like a line in the sand, ignorantly drawn, that says, you know what? Smart people doing stupid things, saying we don't need Atlanta. Atlanta needs us. Realistically, I think the Super Bowl is a better experience if you make the host city a massive part of it from the entirety of the, pro- the, the presentation. I totally agree with you. And I think that's where the national championship got it right, because although they did not feature a halftime act that was from Atlanta, it is a hip hop city. It is a large it's a it's a city of color, right? Like it's a very colorful city. And they went with Kendrick Lamar instead of going with it stands to reason that, you know, an Alabama Georgia national championship isn't exactly going to favor the kind of crowd that you would think a hip hop crowd would. But when I tell you being from Atlanta People showed up to go watch Kendrick. They don't give a damn about college football. And I think that's where they got it right is that they're kind of looking at their audience and they're looking at what's hot. And while some thought it could be controversial, you know, what's he going to say? Is he going to demonstrate? You know, um, Kendrick Lamar was a fantastic choice of the national championship. I think one that took everybody by surprise, which is why people tuned in in droves to watch it because they couldn't believe they were so cutting edge as to put someone like Kendrick Lamar on that stage. Well, and that's the difference, frankly, in the world of, of shameless plug for people that I think are talented uh, that work for you. ESPN, um, before I left the band, uh, the band was uh, that we were part of ESPN's Artist of the Month and part of the college football package a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the current release at that time for the band Perry was on the college football show. So I had a chance to work with uh, Kevin Wilson that runs our music department. And Kevin has always been very cutting edge on this is what I think the world's going to be talking about. If that's where I think the world will be talking, then that's what I want to do musically. And I think that that's the approach that the NFL, frankly, needs at this point when they think about their product moving forward because that was not an accident for kevin kevin was excited about kendrick lamar and and i i covered kendrick lamar's halftime show for the network at the time and it was exciting to see sort of the pins and needles you're talking about because everybody knew the performance was going to be epic and everybody knew that people would be talking about it the nfl if they were smart would turn the halftime show into a block party outside of the stadium And they would allow the local community that's not involved in the Super Bowl presentation to come down because I've been to multiple Super Bowls. The halftime shows in the stadiums suck. They're boring. They're awful. They're so boring. And so put it out in the street. Make it a street party like we did for the college football halftime show. Put it down the block. Let the locals come out, support it, turn it into a massive concert. At that point, you fill it with Atlanta heritage and music, 
you've showcased Atlanta, you've showcased music acts, and you've showcased sort of the city in a, in a smarter way. And listen, take the city out of it. I like Maroon 5. I like Maroon 5 when I'm getting ready on a Saturday afternoon doing chores. I'm sorry, but halfway between one of the biggest games in the world, I don't want to hear, this love has taken control of me. I don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. I just don't find them to be. And I felt the same way about Coldplay. Like, I don't want existential rock when I'm talking about two, like, gladiator type uh, clashes happening between two people. I just don't think they're a right fit. Regardless of city, you make a great point about that. Uh, I was in the stadium for Katy Perry's performance, and me too it, in Arizona. And the, there were two girls sitting behind me. I'll never forget this. The whole first half, they were like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." I can't wait for Katy Perry. I yep. can't wait for Katy Perry. And the show finished. And it's funny because it did very well on TV. The show finished, and they were like, "God, that sucked." Yeah. And that's one of them said. And there were songs in the stadium. I watched the replay back. You can't tell me they weren't pumping in applause because there were songs she finished in the stadium. I was like. Nobody was doing anything. Because the tempos aren't right. Yes. The reason Bruno Mars killed in New York when he did his was because they, they took all the tempos up and they made it this forward punching. You just had to, you just had to be a part of it. We were jumping up and down in the stadium in New York. And, and the problem is the tempos for, to your point, this, uh, is not going to get, people aren't going to be jumping up and hype for that. No. And I doubt. Seriously, Maroon 5 with their library of music and with the way Adam Levine approaches things. I would be stunned to see Maroon 5 come out and say, you know what? We need a bunch of people to come in and make these tempos better and make the hip hop feel better. Do you think that Maroon 5 will do what a lot of people are hoping for and bring some element of Atlanta or whatnot like out on stage with them? Or if you're Maroon 5, are you saying hate it or love it? Like this is our opportunity and this is what we're going to do. Ah, that's going to be I don't. I'm not sure that you have the freedom in that moment to do what you want to do anymore. I can't speak to that. I don't know. But I've always gotten the impression that the NFL is very involved with how arrangements are done. And that's not uncommon for TV, things like that. You know, it's not uncommon for them to come in and say, hey, this is this is what we're good with. The conspiracy theorist to me is always going to really wonder how much Bruno Mars wanted that moment with the red hot chili peppers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what I mean, and just really. Uh, it, it, but uh, I, I would I would be stunned to see Maroon 5 come out and do they should do it. And it would actually probably endear them to a whole nother audience, which would be. Interesting. It should also be noted uh, next year's Super Bowl, Florida. Then you have Tampa Bay, L.A., uh, Arizona again, New Orleans. So we won't be having this debate no. for years at this point because I, I, I guess South Florida next year, they might come in and say, why isn't there a Miami feel to it? That would be interesting. It would be interesting to see if Pitbull next year right. gets some sort of level of love. And the first time that happens – Whole, you were gonna have Everybody's cities, gonna lose it. cities. They're gonna losing. lose it. Oh my god! Oh, so Pitbull, so Jennifer Lopez, but yeah. we, yeah, no, oh. you're right. As we wrap up this topic and move on to the next, very quickly, if you had your druthers, your choice of a Super Bowl halftime show right now, who would you go with? Go. You said they couldn't do it earlier, and I think if the NFL was being progressive, they would have had Migos as the halftime show. That'd be so fun. Dude. And the reason they, I mean, we forget that what was it last year? Migos had more songs on the charts at one time than any act since the Beatles. So it's not even about what you love. It's about the NFL looking at it and saying, what pays respect to Atlanta and what's the current hippest thing that you could possibly give us? And right now, whether you like it or not, not you specifically, whether people like it or not, the charts will tell you that's Migos. Bring it in and show that the best, the biggest acts in the world are playing at the biggest event in the world. Who would you have? I'd go Outkast, not just because of my Atlanta alliances, only because... Outcast is a group that don't they don't perform together anymore. And we saw when they decided to go on that festival tour a couple of years ago, people love Outcast and the fact that they have 
always kind of evaded and eluded us the last few years, and their performances are few and far between. I think that they're mainstream, people know their music, and I think it'd be cool to do some kind of reunion act on a Super Bowl. I do. And to me, uh, if there was a reunion act that I wanted to see, it would be Outkast. Well, and, and that's multiple generations. That's a, You make a great point. I would feature Outkast, absolutely. Just like I think, frankly, Justin Timberlake missed a massive opportunity by not bringing in sync out just like i thought when beyonce brought destiny's child out it took that performance like you have to give people multiple eras correct same reason when it was in houston i was the the guy screaming how do you not have garth brooks and george Strait and luke Bryan in florida like bring all of your country acts out from the last 30 years and make it a showcase to that i I think that atlanta has the history and heritage to do that they should have done it but I understand the business part of why they don't. It just sucks. But instead, we're getting uh, soccer mom music. It's all oh, good. who doesn't love soccer mom music in yeah. the middle? Of it? it doesn't matter. My beloved if Raiders will be mind, there. Though, one, yeah. You do, do know that the rumor is that Cardi B and Travis Scott are, are supposed to join them. I will be stunned. Yeah, they do I have songs be, together, but I, I, Travis Scott wouldn't surprise me. Cardi B, I mean, would again, that surprise you? An, an image conscience NFL that worries about everything on tape delay that wants to make sure that nothing is said that shouldn't be said, that doesn't want any sort of level of protest on there just in general. And they also don't want any level of could offend grandma on any level. And you're going to put Cardi B up there? I mean, an ex stripper is not going to. Embarrass grandma. At the it's same just, time, that ex stripper is on Ellen. And like, if you talk yeah, about soccer, you talk about soccer moms, Cardi B is like a lovable, she's almost like a jester. No one would expect for Cardi B to be any more provocative than Beyonce coming out and doing an ode to the Black Panther movement, which is what she did a few years ago. Right. Which I think the NFL would, I, I don't know, about but it. I think that the NFL flipped out about sure. that because they are so, uh, there's, a, there's a reason part of that ode happened off stage. Let's always remember that. That, you know, it was in the tunnel that, that it, there was a, a large statement of we're going to make this statement together. And it went viral and it became huge. But it was not really – I mean it was during a part of the performance, let's say it that way, that the NFL couldn't control. Right. And ever since Janet Jackson, the thing that we know is the NFL wants to control every piece of, of the performance. So, uh, But you do make a great point. Once you've hit Ellen – Maybe you are. You're, so as, you're as mainstream as they come when yeah, you're on that, Ellen's that couch. Is, uh, <laughs> I played it three times. Um, so <laughs> hey. it's Ellen Fitz talking music. Uh, but that was such a, I don't even feel good about such that. Such a drop. Do you feel uh, good? Jason Fitz, L. Duncan. I do, I do feel pretty you good should. about that. Speaking of drops, we had a record drop today that I have not yet heard. Well, that's because you have a life. And Kyrie put so much, our producer, put so much pressure on me. I, I saw that the album was coming out. I knew it was coming out a while ago. He announced it was coming out. It drops at midnight or whatever, right? And um, obviously I'm in bed. I have a child. I have a job. I have a life. Kyrie put so much pressure on us this morning. He's like, but the Carter Five, knowing that we're doing this podcast today. So Fitz, I get done with SportsCenter. I'm sitting in my car, just speed listening through the Carter Five, right? This highly anticipated album, just so that I could be prepared because obviously I really want to do my research for this show. It means a lot to me to be prepared for this show. I mm-hmm. certainly don't wing mm-hmm. it. Love that. Um, And okay. We've waited seven years. I'm, I will say this. I'm glad some things never change, right? Like in a world that's always changing, at least we know that Lil Wayne is always going to go back to the Carter insert number here. Um, eh, eh, oh, eh. really? Yeah. Eh. Uh, it, it's picked up some speed for me. It did get a little bit better as the album went on. It's 23 songs. And I'm going to say, Kyrie, I think he has five. That are, are good listens. I think he has zero bangers. Yeah, it's 23. I'm going to be loud on this. 23 is too many. Yes. 23 at one time in, in today's world where you can release your music whenever you want to, 
when you get a release that has a ton of songs on it at once, what that tells me is that somebody lost control and was like, I got to put all this out. And, and nobody said no. And, and that's always been my experience. You start to get to 23 in today's music world. If that was 23 and it was really worth 23 songs, they spread that out over two releases over the next year. You know, they Thank put you. A, it's been seven years. It's yeah. like if you were sitting on all this great music, why didn't you release it before? And now I figured out he wasn't sitting on a ton of great music. There is about 15 filler songs on this, in my opinion. I really like the song with Snoop. Yeah. Um, Dope Ends. I think that's good. I like Hitters. Even Uproar is okay. Kendrick Lamar, he clearly stole yeah. the, the, he stole it from, from record. Wayne. I mean, the, the, when you hear the song fits, the song almost stops on Little Wayne's part and you think, is it already over? Cause I haven't even heard Kendrick. And then Kendrick comes in and it's like his own kind of self-contained part. I thought that was pretty good. Can, can, I, let's just be honest. Right now, Lil Wayne with Kendrick should, is a little like, he should feel a little bit like Lonzo Ball does practicing next to LeBron every day. Like you just look at it and it's like, I'm just going to hang on. No disrespect, but there's just a, 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 there's just a point right now where what Kendrick is doing is absolute fire and he's so hot. I that would be very difficult when you're, when you have the status that Lil Wayne has and you look across and you're like, man, I can't, I cannot match that fire. Yeah. I cannot match it. He got upstaged. I mean, what'd you think, Kyrie? I will say, I will agree with you on this that. As far as bangers, no. There's no bangers on this album. It's 23 tracks, and it's pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say fillers, but I would say just decent tracks. But He's for somebody, apologizing for it already, Kyrie. No, 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 no. So like, somebody, I'm just going to no, say. No, Kyrie, tell like Fitz, tell Fitz what you actually said standing in there. We were hope, talking about this album earlier. I'll get there. Let me just say this. Mm-hmm. For somebody that loves lyrics and wordplay and grew up on people like Nas and people that are, are good with the pen, I love this album for that because Lil Wayne has metaphors and, and double entendres, triple entendres and all these different and he things. Always has. So I enjoy that, especially from Wayne, because he'll say something like crazy. But what I did say was, I don't know if maybe he was going for the big radio record or the big like anthem. No, that's not what you said. You said maybe he didn't want any hits on this album. Now you tell me, Jason Fitz, as someone who was in the music industry, do you actually ever approach an album and go, you know what? Keep your hit. I don't I, want I, one. I, just, okay. I love the idea of sitting in the like conference that. room and you're like, all right, guys, here's the thought. Here's the thought. Let's put out something. Get no everybody hit. hype. No hits. No hits. Okay, uh, I, I, I understand I what you like that. But. I think what Kyrie is saying is like sometimes you walk in and, and you do say sometimes, you know what? I'm not worried about radio. And that's that's a real thing. I, I, I know some people say that. I don't think realistically you can be Lil Wayne. And come in at this point where he is knowing how important every everything you put out when you're at that level of legacy affects that legacy. It also affects, let's be real, his bottom line going out and, and just doing his thing, right? So there is a point where I, I would excuse 22 soft songs if there's one thing on there that you're like, okay, this is this is the building block. If there's no building block and they put out 23 songs, what, what it to me says – is you just you ran in a circle and and artists do this sometimes where you start working on a record and you get so Tasmanian devil you're spinning around and all the label can do all the people around you can do at some point is say well just just put this out put and, it out and and end this chapter so we can start something new that's unfortunate when there's that much hype around this kind of a record right see, and, and, but see there was no I rush run? so I don't know why they wouldn't put that one I do agree I don't know why because they you, that you. because, because it's seven years chasing, in the making because right. you're chasing your tail and so at some point you're like man you're chasing your tail on this and we can't get you to restart and reset until like it's very humbling having been a part of this part of a process it's humbling when you turn in a record to a label that you're really proud of and they're like nah we're good. And then you go back and you're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to recut the whole record. You turn it in again. They're like, mm, no. And then you're looking at it. And you're like, what in the hell are we doing right now? And I, 
I, so I haven't heard it. I can't say that, but I will say that, that sometimes that happens to the best of us. You know, that, that not us. He's in a different category to the best of them. It happens sometimes where you chase your tail. Listen, if I would agree with you in terms of the hype, if there was hype, no one was checking for a Wayne record. I'm sorry. No one was. No one's been checking for a Wayne record for a long time. That's just the truth. Mad respect to Wayne, like what he's accomplished, what he's done. There was a time there where there was no one hotter in the game, and that's how it works, right? There's the ebb and flow of who's popular and who isn't. No one was sitting around going, damn, I wish Wayne would come out with a Carter 5. No one was. When he announced it, though, it was like, oh, okay, Wayne's going to release some music. He's been having beef with Baby. He had issues with his record label, so he's just been appearing on people's you know, songs here and there over the last few years. But it hasn't been like there's been this hole for us in hip-hop that only Wayne could fill. So with that being said, if after seven years you're going to come out with another Carter, then it needs to have some bangers. It needs True. to, be, and I feel Fair. like Fair. the people that I know, you know, they're they're almost making excuses for Wayne because it is Wayne, and they're looking at the Wayne from the Carter, the first Carter, the second Carter, and the third Carter, and they're saying it's shaky, but I mean, it has some good lyrics. Well, but Kyrie, he's always been a wordsmith. He's always had great double on time. That's what he does. Right. At the I'm, same I'm time, like, I, see, I see for. no growth in the last seven years. I see nothing that told me he went away seven years ago and he came back. For this, you know, like this was worth it because if Outcast came back after all these years to release a song, that better hit because we're good with what you've already done. I right. could bump Lil Wayne based on what he's done for the rest of my life. I don't need new Wayne stuff if this is what he's going to bring. But it yeah, should also be point. noted when you think about what's leveraged for him, when you think about what's at stake for him, it's not just his legacy. It's also Vegas. Like when you're an act like Lil Wayne. Vegas matters to your bottom line and putting out something that detracts from what you've done does not make people want to go hang out at whatever club you're going to go. And, and and that's realistically such a huge part of how guys like this can make a massive living. So putting out new music is detrimental if it doesn't at least feel like to a club promoter or feels like cause he did a, a he did a bunch of shows at Dreas last year at the nightclub. Is Dreas going to be more excited to bring him in at his astronomical fee? If he's, if he's putting out bad, you're better off not putting out anything than you, than you are putting out something that doesn't hit for the club. So it's I, I a mistake. I would say it's bad. It's just it's not, not bad. It's bad. It's not, yeah. It's it not bad. It's just like, it's I. Like it's, it's I. It's I. You know, I, first I texted. So it's Luther Vandross. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo! And it we're all, back, everybody. It all comes full circle. Oh, you're it all welcome. comes full circle. No, I texted my husband originally, knee jerk, and said, this album's trash. I did have to revisit that and go, okay, I'm, I'm being extra. It's not trash. It's just okay. I picked four or five songs out and like, that's it. What's the most off the top of your head? Uh, give me, I won't say the most. Give me an incredibly disappointed moment for you where you bought a record that you were like, this is going to be great. Or you, you went to download something and you were like, this is garbage. While you think of it, I'll tell you my fun story. Okay. Uh, and it's not even a normal record. It's a Christmas record. Okay. <laughs> I was, a, you know, like I'm a Christmas record. We're going to get into Christmas music when it comes that time. Cause I mean, I got, I got eras of Christmas music. <laughs> I like, and it comes on November 1st and it is loud and proud for months. And I was a, a massive fan of specifically the vocals from Christina Aguilera early in her career. I was like, man, this girl was just an after the strip record through that whole process. I was like, God. This girl can sing. So I went and I got me the Christina Aguilera Christmas record and I put it in and I was like, this is going to be incredible. It's going to move my soul. And she had so many vocal acrobatics. I mean, so much like you couldn't, it, and it wore me out. And I was listening to it and I was like, I can make it through this. I can make it through this. I made it through like four songs and I'm not even kidding. This dates me. 
I ejected it from my CD player. I rolled down the window and I threw that trash out the window, <laughs> out the car window as I drove. And I have been mad at Christina Aguilera ever since for ruining Christmas. She does. I remember that Christmas album. She just does too many vocal Olympics. Yeah, yeah. It's somebody like, needed to sit there and alone. be like, stop, just stop. stop. You're well, congratulations. You're welcome. Thank you so much for showing us that you can do all that. Now just stop. We know you can sing. Go away. Yeah. So mine actually, and I had to look up the album because I, that's how much I blanked it out of my mind. And keep in mind, this is like, rest in peace. I don't want to like flame the dead. Um, but I was really excited about at the time, like, the new Prince album, and I thought it was going to be great, and I thought, like, you know, I know he's going through his Jehovah's Witness thing, but, like, it's going to be good. 3121 was straight trash. That yeah. It was hot garbage. I right. mean, I couldn't get through. It was so bad. I'm like, this is, again, like, what are you doing for your legacy? You should just hold on to the Prince of the, of the yesteryears and play those songs. And I went and saw him in concert in Greenville a few years after that, and he kept playing damn songs from that, that and musicology. I'm like, no one wants to hear this Stop it. Yeah. And speaking of Prince, we're, we're going to actively, aggressively work, uh, to get Questlove on the show. Cause I went to the Prince, uh, it's called For You and it's a symphonic tribute to Prince and Questlove curated the whole thing. And, and you mentioned like off, like, what are you doing? I have so many questions for Questlove about how he picked because I'm just saying some mega hits were left out. Oh, like, really? Mega, like the first half of the show, he tells you at the beginning in his voice, like his voiceover, and he's like, we're going to get you into the catalog and take you to some moments that maybe not some of you even diehards don't know. That's fine. I'll, I'll go through that. If the second half, you're going to give me all of the hits, they gave me some of the hits. I have so many questions for Questlove. So we're going to, we're going to work on that, but go see the show. It's, it's very moving. Kyrie, do you have one that you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I sat through that trash? Man, only one that comes to mind is the, record that Usher put out after Confessions. I think he set the bar so high with Confessions. I can't even think of the name oh. of it. After Confessions was looking for myself in 2012. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. yeah. I was. I went to the show at the Meadowlands. Confessions was on fire. It was an incredible album. And then he came back with that and I was like, ah, nah. Wait, I'm, I'm looking at the tracks on this and I don't know one of these songs. Well, that probably speaks to what? Kyrie's point. I don't, I literally don't know any of these songs. Yikes. But you waited, you waited some years. Usher really went through like a few years where he didn't release an album. And I just realized that when I looked up what album came after Confessions. Well, that's Raymond a- versus Raymond. That's with the Tamika thing and the divorcing and the Hey Daddy. I will say Hey Daddy and there goes my baby. Fantastic. Okay. What, what tirade? Have Here goes my baby on? was a good, was a good single. Yeah. Daddy's home was good too. I just want to get your attention. Come on, Kyrie. Mm. Like that's what you do. You walk in the door, you take that shirt off, and you just get after it. The, the, this is the. Uh, you only get this on Ellen Fitz talking music. Uh, L Duncan, Jason Fitz, we uh, we are back with you and uh, back on a regular schedule. So yeah. it's a uh, it's going to be a fun magical ride through the fall. Uh, but before we leave, before we get out of here, um, there, there was a, a good question being uh, being risen by Kyrie. Risen? Raised? Raised? I don't know. We'll go with that. I, I, he, what do I he do? He is talk? risen. He is risen. Uh, well, Space Jam is risen. That's very sacrilegious. As we find out, Space Jam 2 going to be coming. And Kyrie was like, all right, Space Jam 2 uh, movie soundtrack, spectacular. Is it the greatest movie soundtrack of all time? Uh, which made me say, oh, my God, how young are you, whippersnapper? Uh, because there are others on the list. But uh, Space Jam 2, uh, A, L, are you here for it? Yes. Therefore, yeah, everywhere with LeBron, one hundred percent. No, okay, okay. And then uh, the second part of it is, where are you on the ranking of that as a uh, as a 
soundtrack. I actually had to be reminded about what was on this album on the soundtrack. Obviously, I believe I can fly. Right. Um, fly like an eagle, too. But uh, I forgot about Hit Him High. When I hit him high, hit him high, hit him high. The monster. You hit him low, hit him low. And then I turned to you by Monica. So there was definitely some good. Can I go, can I go super like, like old school here? I'll say old school. I'm still talking about the nineties. My favorite soundtrack, if you will. Now again, these weren't songs that were like original to the, to the, uh, to the movie itself. Oh God. I think I know where you're going and it's, it's, but the compilation of songs that they put together. Uh Where am I going? You're going dirty dancing. Guys. No, no, no. Oh, you're not going dirty dancing. I'm going Forrest Gump. Oh, that okay. soundtrack yeah. fits. It that movie's two- trash, but that, yeah. that soundtrack. Oh god, okay, that's a whole other thing. But it was a two disc compilation of some of the best hits from like the '60s and Does '70s. Does that count though? Because it's like a, I'm with you. Yes, you're. You want to talk about just go if you don't know music from the '60s and '70s. And, and you don't want to dig through like a million places on Spotify, you're right. Just go get the Force Gum soundtracks, listen to them, and you'll have a, a you have everything you, need. you know the whole era. That I thought you were going Dirty Dancing because it's also a good uh, group of compilations. It is good. 50s, 60s. So you can get 50s, 60s Dirty Dancing, 60s, 70s Force Gum, and you'll be good on that. That, that, that. That's fair, but it's not original stuff. Space Jam 2 well, was... Well, but was Dirty Dance... But were these songs original to no, Space Jam, or were they... I think they were. Would, did they like, do the songs, yeah. and then they compiled them no, for I the... No, I think it was made specifically for Space Jam. Okay. So that's why I would take, because I'm old and white, Footloose. All right? The soundtrack to Footloose had Footloose. It also had Let's Hear It for the Boy. Yeah. Let, it also had Almost Paradise, which is a... And Holding Out for a Hero. Like, that. that's... Four mega hits on That's one. That's good. And you're talking about like songs that are still sung at karaoke bars. So, um, you know, that's, that's the 41 year old white guy, Emmy, going, fight loose. No, but, that's not bad. What and about by the flash way, flash dance. Blake, Blake, uh, flash dance, another one. Blake Shelton, you should not, I, I, I love you, man. You shouldn't get to be a, a host on a show called The Voice if you can't cover the song Footloose. And he tried and it's wretched. Oh, no. I mean, it's just bad. I'm sorry, Blake. That he, the cover, the, the remake of Footloose was bad, but not as bad as Blake Shelton's cover. I can't imagine Blake Shelton successfully singing that anyway. He doesn't, but he does it every night. So, oh, but hey, real fast for the culture, Kyrie. I just thought about it. Soul food soundtrack. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Now Damn. Get out my mind. Right. There. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Am I right, Fitz? I didn't mean to leave you out of this for the culture moment, but do you know the Soul Food soundtrack? Not really. Right. So, yep. Great. Wow. I don't even know what to say. Uh, Top Gun soundtrack also had some, uh, some. Kenny Loggins, yeah, dude. Yeah. There's, there's some good, uh, goodness on there. Uh, yeah. I'm showing my, my age and really just my. Anything else from the pasty 80s mayonnaise? Wanna... Like, is there any other 80s mayonnaise you want to hand out? That's Howard the saying. Duck. Is there anything from Howard the Duck you uh, want to feature? Howard the Duck. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> we should indeed take this to Twitter and see what the people think. I love uh, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if you agree with me. Um, <laughs> it, what's the easiest way to do it? Are we going to put a poll up, uh, Kyrie or do you, how do you want to do it? We will do a poll on Twitter. You know what? I'll do an Instagram video of you guys and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do it all cross platform. Okay, I, I like it. Look at that. We're getting all over the place now. That's this what is we do. What happens? Uh, Energy. You guys can get to us on Twitter at L Duncan ESPN at Jason Fitz. We appreciate you hanging out, Kyrie. There is no show without your greatness. Thank you so much for your work. Uh, if you if you aren't subscribing now, shame on you. Yeah. Uh, you should subscribe. And remember, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell everybody uh, to to hang out with Ellen uh, Fitz talking music. Yeah, we, you can hate listen. We're fine with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hate listen. Same view. Yeah, that's we'll, we'll take it all day. In, in fact, the more you hate the show. If you could just turn the volume down and let it play for a really long time, going. that's how you send your hate, kids. Uh, so thanks for hanging out with us, L. Let's do it again uh, ASAP. Oh, show. All right. Bye.